You just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What is good, everybody? It is year four, episode 13 of your favorite college football podcast, Pat's Interference. My name is Patrick Norwood, uh, joined by my co-host, finally, after what feels like so long. It was just one week, but I swear it was longer. I'm back, baby. Patrick Brickman is back. Hit me with some careless whisper. Oh, this feels right, baby. Pats are back. I'm blushing. Back, back, Pat. You like that? Oh. You like that? <laughs> oh, it's good to be back, friend. It's good to be back. It's really good to hear your voice, man. It's, it's weird not doing that with you. Jay did great. She was stellar. She was great. She was out of this world. I was. Su- I'm surprised you actually have me back and you didn't ditch me. Her voice uh, is a lot more pleasant. I'll give her that. Well, anyway. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Like we said, this is a college football podcast. Usually, uh, we do have some news here. Usually, I would tell you that we do two episodes a week, one covering Alabama, one which was our alma mater, one covering the rest of the national scope. But, Brick, we, we've got we've got a little bit of some news for people. Yeah, we do. We do. A couple if weeks ago. If you're a loyal listener, you know that we... Uh, we've we've covered Alabama for the entire four years. Uh, but now, you've taken a new job, which I our listeners should know by now, because I'm jacked about it. Jacked! You're always jacked. But yes. I, I am. You're always I jacked. Am. But um, yeah, so, I don't know, if you haven't listened to the last couple of weeks, we've kind of been teasing it, and the last week, or actually the previous week, we announced, uh, moving to Birmingham. Um, on Friday, I'm actually leaving Panama City for good. We're packing up. We've got our house mostly done. Last week I wasn't on the podcast because I was looking for a house. We've since found the house, so we're moving out Friday. On Monday, I start a job at ABC 3340, where I will be covering both Alabama, Auburn, UAB, pretty much all of the SEC. Um, But because of that, because of that, I have to be impartial. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not supposed to show my, my crimson flag starting Monday. I've got the next couple days where I can be the same Alabama fan I've been, but in a couple you know days here, I'm going to have to kind of become more impartial as we have to be, and that is why this is at least my last Alabama-centric podcast. Uh, yeah, this is this is it. This is pretty big. It's pretty um, big. Just just some uh, some stats. Uh, since Pat's interference has been covering Alabama football, because remember now this is weird, because when we started covering, it was just Alabama. We never did a national. We episode. did not. And then we had our first off season, and we kind of rehashed, and we said that was great. What can we do better? And we added the national episode the next year. Now we're doing the opposite. But just some stats: Alabama only lost. What was it? Break three, four games. We have lost. Let's see. Ohio State. Ohio State. No, no, we, we started we after didn't even Ohio do the State. podcast that year. So our first loss was Ole Miss, and then Ole Miss, and then Clemson, and then Auburn. Is that is that it? That's it. That's not bad. 
In the four years we've covered Alabama football, they've endured four losses. They have won two national championships. They have made it to three national championships. Uh, and have won the SEC twice. That's not now, bad. That's not bad, dude. Look, we're going out on a high note. Uh, I, I will say this. It, it, it does stink that we can't do the Alabama episodes anymore. I know you feel that way, too. But it is more than worth it because this job has set you up so well to thank succeed. You. And thank I know so we're much. all very excited to see you uh, kind of go from there. So, everybody, thank you. If you're, if you're somebody who's just listened to the Alabama episodes, you've never really been interested in the national episodes, we're really, really sorry about this. We really well, are, but uh, get over it. I will this say is... this. I will say this. If you ever feel so inclined, um, say after uh, specific events or preseason or, or whatever, when, if you ever were so inclined to go, you know what, I want to do a little 20-minute spiel, 20, 30-minute. Sure. Listen, you and Jade grabbed the mic. You can. We, do, you did it last week. You could do it again. Yeah. I would not mind at all. I just can't join you for those. No, I. You know, I'm not sure it's Pat's interference without you. But it's not going to be that we stop covering Alabama either. That's no, not of it. It's not, not going to be that you tune in and we we don't cover Alabama at all. It is going to be they are a team that we cover. Period. It is. It's not going to be from the angle from the lens of, you know, our school, our alma mater. Alabama is another team. Which is now it sounds weird to hear you say that right now, but yeah, you know it feels weird. But and it's you know a weird what? pivot to make in the middle of the season. I get that too. But hey, yeah. you know the timing is uh sometimes it is what it is. Yep. Um. So you know we're gonna we're gonna have some changes. You know we're gonna have to find something new to say to each other when we sign off the podcast, and we'll we'll go from there. Ooh, that's right. You know we like, gotta come up with look big changes, but we're growing up. We're moving on. Uh, we're going to get through this episode, and that'll be it. Um, unfortunately, this will be kind of a shorter episode. Um, you know what? Why does it have to be? It doesn't I, I've have got, to be. I've got some things. I, I want to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you three big questions at the end of this episode. Okay. And and that will be our that will be our sign off. We can do that. All right. Alabama wins this weekend, 56-14. Beats the raging Cajuns, Louisiana. Right? It's no longer Louisiana Lafayette. No, they're just Louisiana, just yeah. University of Louisiana. Although so, ESPN still doesn't realize that in their box score. Well, and I think it's I think it's going to take a while for people to transition, honestly. But I understand. I understand. Well, it's like when uh, remember when Hawaii decided they didn't want to be the Rainbow yes. Warriors anymore, and they then they did again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Flip flop. Snip snap. Snip snap. You have no idea the physical toll that three vasectomies can have on a person. Snip snap. If you haven't watched the office, that's what we're quoting. Tua Tonga Vailoa, eight for eight, Took perfect me on the day. By what the else? Hand. You made me a man. That You're one. This right night. now, aren't you? You made everything go. Okay, I'm done. Alright. It's really weird for people who haven't seen the office. If they Tua haven't Tonga seen the Vailoa, office, shame on them. Eight, 128 yards with two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts four for six for 118. Uh, and one touchdown. Mac Jones, though, threw one complete pass for 94 yards and a touchdown. Is it time to start talking about him potentially starting? Mac Jones over Tua. You heard it here. No. Um, Talk to your no. kids about a record-setting Mac Jones. Look, that that was a great pass, too. I mean, Jalen Waddle did most of the work. But. He did most of it, yes. But that doesn't matter. Speaking of which, let's talk about Jalen Waddle, shall we? 
I don't want to talk about two off the top. We always talk about two off the top. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, three catches for 138 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he also had a punt return touchdown. Another good return that got called back for a flag. Uh, Brick, what did you see on Saturday? Uh, maybe something you liked, something you didn't like, uh, something you would like to see fixed, something that needs to be fixed. Uh, but let's start with Jalen Waddle. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're asking me something I liked, I mean, I'll start with Jalen Waddle, and then I'll go into the things he just brought up. But Jalen Waddle, man, we talked about it preseason. If you want to go back, that's the, that is one of the dudes I named and said, look out for him, because I was hearing everything about him in practice, that he was tearing it up. He was, you know, one of our big-time recruits. And um, yeah. true freshman coming out, he's very shifty. I've been seeing him on the internet this week. They've been calling him a water bug, and I think that's fitting. You know, like he just oh, kind of yeah. glides around the water, zip, zigzagging like a, like a little water bug. And um, he's the first, since Cyrus Jones, the first punt returner that, I, that I'm really excited to see back there to catching. Well, Eddie Jackson, actually. I take that back. Um, so last year, the punt returns were, were, weren't really there. It's good to no. see them back. He should have three yes. touchdowns already this year. Yes. On punt should. returns. Yes. Uh, no, he's, he's extremely talented. He's very quick. Um, I just hope it doesn't. I, I hope it doesn't turn around and bite us at some point in a big game. I hope he doesn't try and make something out of nothing and fumbles or, um, you, you know, steps out or takes a knee at a wrong spot or anything like that. Yeah, but or but loses any punt yards. returner can do that. I mean, he hasn't shown me any reason. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything boneheaded yet. He's been calling fair catches when he's supposed to. So yeah, I mean, but that could happen to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Well, he did. He did misjudge a ball this past weekend, take a knee on accident. Oh, that's true caught it with his knee on the ground and that's what i mean things like that imagine that happens at the two you know um that but, just means we put in mac jones for a 98 yard touchdown i don't know what your problem there is 94 but you're right no at the two it's 98 if he's inside oh, okay. the 10 he's scoring on that next pass uh henry ruggs five catches for 116 yards for two touchdowns uh brick tell me a little bit more about this receiving core i know you like seeing them this weekend uh, man they're just they can't cover them all they really can't there's just now there's four Four guys that, that are really just – how are you going to stop those four wides with Ruggs and Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle? even have Irv Smith uh, stepping up big time at the tight end position. Um, Damian Harris is a fantastic receiver out of the backfield, and, and so is Josh Jacobs. And, and Najee Harris is not – he's not as good as the other two at receiving, but he'll get there. We have too many – I say it all the time – too many horses. I mean, nobody can throw out the defensive backfield to keep up with all those guys. And they aren't talent – of Tua Tungavailoa, who is we keep seeing, has lived up to the insane expectations that were even put onto him the moment second and twenty six happened, and he's yet to not yeah. even live up to those, even in the, a I, little bit. Yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, we'll plug social at the end since we do it, didn't do it at the beginning. We also have an announcement there, uh, but we're at pi underscore podcast. We started doing a thing at the beginning of every week. I was going to say I was going to do it Mondays. But I learned last week that some good stats came out on Tuesday. So I may wait. I may even wait till Wednesday. You never know. Uh, but part of Pat's stats uh, this weekend, or this week, I should say, uh, included this stat, not the one that everybody's been sharing about how he's been doing quarter by quarter, which is hilarious. Uh, it is the stat that he is 66 of 88 for passing for uh, 1,161 yards and 14 touchdowns with zero interceptions. I can only and, think of one pass that's come close, and it was early in the the, the Louisville game. Oh, he threw it to him. Yeah. No, there was there was one uh, week two against Arkansas State where he threw it to a defensive back. 
and the kid dropped it. Yeah, we're well, we're you know grasping at straws here. He's he's been but, as yeah, flawless that's what, as you that, can be. That's my point. Is there's been at maximum two. I can't even think of the one you're talking about in the Louisville game. We may even be talking about the same pass. I may just have the week mixed up, but he takes care of the ball. That's one thing that everybody gave Jalen Hurts the nod to last year, and for good reason. He does take care of the ball. Tua takes care of the ball, but he still whips it down the field. Yeah, no, people say gunslinger sometime like it's a bad thing. You know, because everybody wanted to go, well, you never know what you're going to get with the gunslinger. Almost like it's a stereotype. A guy with a really good arm that isn't afraid to throw it downfield. Almost, sometimes people hold that against them. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, like yeah. the consummate gunslinger, right? When you think gunslinger mentality, everybody, the first quarterback is Brett Favre. Right. Brett well, Favre, and you think reckless. Brett Favre has all the records until Drew Brees in a couple of years, or maybe even this year, or already happened. But still, Brett Favre was 17-year starter, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Gunslinger. No, you, you – sometimes gunslingers just suck. Yeah, Ryan Mallett was a gunslinger, but he sucked. But yeah. that doesn't mean he's bad, you know, just because you say gunslinger. Two is, oh my gosh. This is the last week I can do this, and I can't. I'm just, we'll get in. We'll, I want to have a full-on Tua discussion. He's still yeah. my Heisman pick, by the way. Uh, as, he, as I think he should be. Now, I think that someone else is going to uh, <clears throat> sneak up and get him, if you know what I mean. Bootstraps, bootstraps. Shh. We'll talk about that next episode. But yeah, I think I think Tua, I mean, he's been called a lot of things this week. People have been calling him a generational talent, calling him nothing like anyone's ever seen before. I've never seen a quarterback like this in an Alabama uniform. I played a game today with a coworker where he challenged me to go back through all the Alabama quarterbacks I could name through the years. I got all the way back to Tyler Watts. Do you even remember Tyler Watts? No, there has not there's not been a quarterback like this at Alabama. No. I mean, not it, not it, in the modern era, not in the not in the not even Bear Bryant's years. Yeah, you know, Namath, Namath, Stabler, Stabler. They were great, but it's not when when a quarterback has this this caliber of arm talent, right? This it's like it it jumps off the page at you. It is it is. I I, I think I've said it here, but I saw a tweet that that compared his. It's like a rocket guided missile. Yeah. It, or, I don't know. Yeah, heat-seeking miss. I don't know what he said, but it's just like... like that. that I get that, excited when he draws back to pass. That's never happened for me watching anyone in That touchdown pass that he had this week, too. It was another third down to Jalen Waddell. I mean, it had the exact amount of touch to get it into that hole in the back of the end zone where only he would get it. It wasn't, And it wasn't like a tough toe-tap catch for Waddle. Another quarterback would have put it at a different trajectory and it would have been a tough toe-tapping catch, but it's like it... I don't know my I don't know my um my calculus anymore and my trigonometry. What do they call the when you have the graph and it makes the U? You're asking the wrong person, buddy. Wow, we're gonna need viewers' help on that because I'm not gonna be able to think of the word. Maybe your dad will know. There's a there is a 100 percent chance he will know exactly what you're trying to say right now. Um, this isn't gonna be one where I think of the word by the end of the podcast. This is gonna be. I, I had another listener text me. You remember a couple weeks ago when he couldn't think of the word conservative? Yeah. 
He was texting me for the entire minute that we were trying to remember it. It was that was that like was while bad. he was listening, like it was live. He was like conservative. To, conservative. to to my credit, though, we're recording at seven at a comfortable seven forty five right now. But that that day we were at about two a.m. your time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty late, pretty late. Uh, Alabama forcing two interceptions. Do you remember who caught those? Uh, let's see. Uh, one of them was, uh, it wasn't Thompson. It was, um, no. it was, oh, okay. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs had, one. had the one before the half. Yeah. But it was, um, it was Xavier McKinney. Very good. The other safety. Xavier McKinney with the other pick. McKinney and Thompson, two guys that I want to talk to you about and sort of get your opinion on Brick. Uh, as far as, now Alabama's had great safeties. Great two-back safeties. What about having our single back safety? So your landing cards, your make a Fitzpatrick, guys like that. And they've had good partners. Have we ever seen two kind of hit the scene at the same time like this with McKinney and Thompson? Um, maybe Clinton, Dix, and Lester in that. Well, was Lester the year before? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think he and Lester were on the same team, but I think that was... Dix's first year and Lester's last. What I mean is having two guys start for the first time the same year and both be this I don't want to use the word dominant, but it's it's pretty close to dominant. Each week that goes by I get I get more and more hyped about Thompson too. and McKinney's playing great, but Thompson is he leads our team in tackles, by the way. Yeah. Thompson not, with a little bit of a stinger like, this week, but it looks like he's gonna be okay. There hasn't been any more mention of it. Yeah. For him it's not like one of those he leads the team in tackles, but that's because we're giving up a bunch of 20 yard runs. It's like he's coming up and making the play every time he needs. He's insanely good. By the way, I Googled it. Um, the term I was looking for to describe Tua Tungavelo's passes are a parabola. Oh, yes. The I probably qu- should have known that. Yeah, of parabolic you, you use the quadratic function. I was actually used to be good at math, and then I decided to become a uh, broadcasting student, and, and every single bit of. Yeah. Math went to well. You you know you know parabolas from from broadcasting too because of parabolic mics, those big mics with a shield. Yes, that's a good point. I'll never yeah. forget. I will actually never forget that. Now that's a good call. Yeah, there you Look go. You. See, I'm not good at math. I'm good at making you remember stuff, Rick. You like that? I like that. I do like that. Yeah. Shaheem Carter with the defensive play of the day, in my opinion, diving out. Not uh, he was a good yard away from the receiver. Uh, did a good job of not grabbing the jersey, not uh, forcing him out of bounds, not pushing him, laying out with his body, putting a hand on the ball, and then getting up and having some sort of celebration with somebody on the sideline. I think it was Patrick Sertain, uh, where they kind of they ca- did you see this? I'm trying. It was to a remember. pass breakup, and then he kind of got up and they pointed at each other at the exact same time, and then they just ran away from each other. Oh yeah, I do remember that. That was one of the better celebrations I've ever seen as far as a pass breakup is concerned. It was hilarious. So Patrick, uh, or excuse me, Shaheem Carter with a great play. Shaheem Carter and Patrick Sertain the second, also two guys that have been really, really good this year. Yeah, Sertain's um, really stepping up. He's kind of um, really, I think, grasping that uh, that opposite corner of Trayvon Diggs. Um, it was yes. it was him and Savion Smith going back and forth, but I've seen Sertain out there a little bit more. Again, the last two games, especially this game, it's hard to really take anything into account, but he was playing, a, and so, 
I don't know that it's completely figured out yet between those two, but Sertain has the slight nod right now in the way he's played the last two weeks. Um, I tell you what, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, will there be a time when you're not worried about Alabama's defensive backs? No, I've hit it. It's right now. I'm not worried about it. There we go. And, and the more time they get to get each game, they get better. You know, yeah. and, and the by the time we, we get we to play get our next huge game, together, it's, you get it. It's uh, get it. What's uh, so big game. Trayvon. Missouri, LSU. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm, ta- I'm just talking about how the, the corners each each and the defensive backs, each game they play together, they get a little bit better. So I'm trying to think of the next game that will really test them. And I, I've seen maybe Missouri in two weeks with Drew Locke. He's a Missouri. good passer. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be Missouri. Missouri hasn't been all that impressive this season. They only lost to Georgia by 14, but really it wasn't really that close. Uh, and honestly, Drew Locke's kind of their guy right now. There's, there's not a lot that you can really point to Missouri and say, oh, X, Y, and Z have been great for them this season. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of a single-handed effort, and so I think that'll kind of test Alabama's defensive backs, but not as much as I would have originally said because the front seven have also been really good. Raquan Davis, Isaiah Bugs, uh, Dylan Moses, uh, Mac Wilson, Christian Miller, all of those guys coming in, Quentin Williams, all those guys coming in have been outstanding this season. Um, there's one more topic that I want to get on before we move on. That's the running game. Uh, very quietly with uh, almost nearly 300, 268 total yards on the ground. Um, 73 of those coming from Najee Harris. Brian Robinson played a lot in the second half and got 60-something yards on the way. Uh, Jacobs played well in limited touches, and, and Damian Harris, 20 yards on only five carries. So I say it's very quietly 268 yards because some people have been writing a little bit about Alabama's rushing game, like it's been struggling. It hasn't been what it was last year, but that's because I'm going. No. I'm getting on a soapbox right now. That's because it hasn't had to be because the passing game has taken. I, I don't even a step forward is way underselling it. They've gotten in a rocket ship, leaps and bounds better from last year, and so mm. we have not seen really the long breakaway runs yet. I, I, have we had? Anything really beyond, say, 40, 45 yards that you can think? Because it seemed like last year we were good for a Damian Harris 75 touchdown, 75 yard touchdown every game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really know if it's. I, I don't know. I, when what I'm saying somebody is, like, just because we haven't had that doesn't mean the rushing game has been struggling. No, it's by far. It's, it's, it's. No, it's not struggling. At all, uh, it doesn't look tied. as good as last it's, year because it hasn't had to. And by the time we're even trying to run the clock out, it's then then we're on our third strings. It's but, well, and it's still in the top thirty in college football. And think about how little we've run this season. Yeah, it's in the top yeah. thirty. People, it's not struggling. No, so I mean, it's it's just I don't know. And remember, a lot of that top thirty, like three of the first four, are Navy, Georgia Tech, and Army. Well, Georgia then you, Southern's I mean, you can look in the, at the top seven. Numbers. So Alabama's all these are be... triple option teams. You know, Air Force is in the top 11. So the, you've got five teams right there that just run the triple option. And so really, you're talking about legitimate teams. Total offense, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and you talk about legitimate teams that are running, you know, an actual playbook instead of just the triple option. You know how much I love the triple option. Uh, you've, you know, Alabama's in the top 25 at that point. So... I don't know how you can argue that it's struggling. 
but it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And and plus, I think another thing weighing into that is there's so many guys trying to carry the load. That stable has gotten so deep. Um, now, one thing that you did mention that I kind of want to spend some time on, I will say this. Josh Jacobs had a hell of a game on Saturday. Sure did. He had a great game. He was a man running on fire. Najee Harris also playing great. Honestly, I would have thought that Jacobs had more yards than Najee, um, but I guess not. Robinson came in and got a whole chunky yard, 65. Um, you know, those backs had three touchdowns. They had a combined three touchdowns. Josh Jacobs had two of those, Najee with a third. Um, one thing you did mention is the attitude and frustration level of uh, Damian Harris. Um, and I, I want to touch on that. I'm not really sure he's frustrated. Um, he seems more like a team guy to me. It seems like he kind of knows his role. When he does get the ball, he's still running hard. He's still running strong. So I don't think it's an issue of him taking it easy on the field or anything like that. But, you know, it is something to bring up. He's obviously gotten way less touches than last year, way less touchdowns, way less yards. He's trying to become uh, the first guy ever, right, to have three 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, in school history. That looks kind of out of the question now. So, you know, I I don't know. I don't, I don't really think he's that beat up or heard about it, but it is something to talk about. I don't think he is either. I mean, everything that they talked about, why did you come, why did you come back, why did you come back, was was – it had nothing to do with him wanting to break any records. It was all about winning another title and being a leader on the team. Um, yeah. That and, again, he's started every game. He's gotten carries in every game. But by the time... And it, it seems like we've been on a 2-2-2 two, two, two rotation. It's been uh, Damian for two possessions, then Najee for two possessions, and then Josh Jacobs, or some order of that. Yeah, sometimes Jacobs yeah. is before Najee. And by the time we're swinging back around... Right, so you're thinking six possessions, six possessions in every game this year. Alabama's been up at least twenty-eight nothing, it seemed. And then by that time, he's what's the point of? Because you know, we'll be singing a different tune if we're up thirty-five nothing, and then Damian Harris gets injured. So I don't think there's anything there. I will say the defense did give up two hundred rushing yards on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, he, they gave up two. Yeah, they did, they did. But you got to wonder how much of that is. Most of that was second half. Yeah, most of that was second half. It's not, you know, so I'm not I'm not really concerned about that. And one thing that I want to mention too, kind of an overarching point before we move on is I think um, I think it's it's kind of I don't know. I I think it's kind of gotten to a point now where Alabama is not concerned with how the stat books look. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. It's, It's let's just go win. Let's just go out. I don't care how many people are in the stands because people want to talk about that all week. I don't care how much Damian Harris is getting the ball. People talked about that all week. I don't care what's going on between Jalen and Tua. They're getting along fine in the locker room from what everything sounds like. Jalen playing with a lot of heart. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a move for him to stay, you know, that shows you something that shows you. He wants You think he would be staying if it were miserable there? No, I don't No, No, he would be gone. He would be gone. So I think it's 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 nice to see this. I don't just this mentality of we do not care what else happens. If we win the football game in a convincing fashion, we're happy. And that is one hundred percent a Nick Saban thing because one of the things when you asked me what I liked about the game, I it's it's the same tune every week for the last two years for me. It has been. Never, actually never. I would say very rarely, but I will go with never. 
Alabama never comes out against an opponent like them and just doesn't look motivated. They always look motivated. Even if the fans don't seem motivated, even if the um, media doesn't seem motivated to even cover that game, you know, Alabama's not going to come out against Louisiana and just play flat because they've had games where they haven't looked as good as other games, but they always look like a team on a mission. Yeah. Right. There's no old Dominion versus Virginia Tech in Alabama, and and they're the they've their winning streak against uh, unranked teams is in like the hundreds now. The next yeah. closest team is in like the thirties. So, anyway, I do think that that pretty much um, wraps up. Unless you have anything else there. Uh, no, I, I think we're good for last week. Let's move ahead to this week. Yep. It is a uh, SEC game on the road, which usually would be a big deal, but it is with what I think is the biggest dumpster fire in the SEC right now, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, yeah. This is, this is an off. 11 a.m. kickoff game for a reason. They have fallen off so badly. So badly. I, I Like, ever since Burt left, honestly. Well, they got they got the new coach Chad Morris, who took over really nothing. He had nothing. Uh, the quarterback was gone. He had some transfer quarterback. Uh, the talent's not there. They haven't been recruiting well, and Arkansas has been on a decline since Burt got there. Yes, they won their first game. I can't. I don't even know what team that is by just reading their. Um, so, but th- since their first week. They lost to Colorado State by a touchdown, North Texas by multiple scores. They lost to Auburn 34-3, and Auburn played not very well that game. No, and then Auburn they was, they came yeah. back a little better last week against A&M, but an A&M team that was clearly on the Bama hangover, they lost to them 24-17. Yes. But a four-game losing streak, um, and they have not looked impressive in any of those games. You watched Kevin Kellen Mond play against Alabama two weeks ago. Yeah. You saw how he played. Kellen Mond threw for 201 yards against Arkansas. Yeah. He threw two picks, but, you know, Trayvon Williams sure. ran all over him. Um, the so how do you think this is going to go for two is what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking you. How is this game going to look for Tua? How is this game going to look for Tua? I think he's – I mean, Tua's not going to make it – past halftime i don't think i think it's going to be another one of those i honestly uh, do i would love to disagree with you because i'd love to see Tua play a full game but i don't think that's going to happen until after the bye week no that's not this that is not this this is he, he no. might not make it to the third quarter in this one and i mean that no uh arkansas a little scouting report arkansas uh, quarterback Ty story 14 for 26 for 193 yards one touchdown but one pick get a 21.8 qbr last week not exactly great. Rakeem Boyd, a great back usually, but uh, when you don't really have much of an offensive line, you can't really go anywhere. It just seems like Arkansas is – we talk about LSU being stuck in that pro style, right? Yeah. Where it's, you know, slam it out the middle and then throw on third and four over and over and over again. It feels like Arkansas is like that without all the good parts that make us say, but LSU's not bad. See, Arkansas's this, bad. This Morris guy is supposed to be trying to remember. I loved, I loved those Arkansas Petrino teams. Oh, those receivers they had. I, I didn't hate Ryan Mallon. Darren McFadden he was, really good was on those teams. Um, and 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 they had a yeah, and they had a lot of these. Jarius Wright was an awesome receiver for them, and they played Alabama close a couple times. Remember, they got up to number three in twenty eleven. They had Ryan Mallett that year. Yeah, 
and, and they were and they were awesome. And I loved those teams. I loved when we played them. They were fun. And then they got Brett Bielema after Petrino, you know, Petrino his way out of there. And yeah. I don't know. I like I, I like I like the the Arkansas of old. And Chad Morris is supposed to be trying to get that kind of uh, spread offense back there. But I mean, I can't I can't judge Arkansas based on what he took over in year one. But they've been bad and. and I don't know where to start as far as where I think this game's going to go against Alabama. It's it's been pretty miserable. I think you're going to see a lot of Alabama sacks this game, a lot of stopped runs up the middle. This front seven for Alabama is just stacked against an offensive line for Arkansas that, let's face it, is just awful. It's it's just bad. Um, I mean, they've got a couple of good defenders. Uh, DeJon Harris uh, had 16 tackles last week, had a sack. I mean, they had another guy, I think, with 13 tackles. Um, yeah, Dre Greenlaw had 13 tackles. Um, you know, so it's just it's stuff like that where you look down and you're like, oh, God, yeah, you, you're making 15, 13 tackles, but that's because they're getting, you know, they're getting some good yards on you. You know, and this was not, this was a pretty back-and-forth game. Um, you know, Texas a went up early. Arkansas brought it back within seven. Texas A&M went up by ten. Halftime, you know, Texas A&M has held scoreless in the third quarter, but Arkansas can't really capitalize on anything, only kicks a field goal, and they end up losing by seven. So this is an Arkansas team that's really, really struggled. But what does Alabama have to do? They are on the road. What do you think Alabama has to do to win this upcoming week against Arkansas? That is such a... Ooh, I don't know. I mean... I don't even know how to answer that. It's it's what, let me I let mean, me ask you. Let Arkansas me phrase it in this is very way. very. It's very possibly the worst. I mean, you got Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Arkansas, and one of those three teams is the worst team in the conference. Yeah, by far the worst team in the Western Division by a landslide. Yeah. What did you yeah. want to ask? I want I wanted to rephrase the question and say, what group of Alabama players? So whether it's defensive backs or linebackers or the quarterbacks or whatever, who do you expect to have the biggest game on Saturday? I think the running game does really get go. Like uh, again, we just talked about how it doesn't actually need to get going, and it and it has been going all along. But this is this is a week where I I do just I feel I feel like this is the breakout game. One of those yeah. guys is going to get the long run. I'm hoping it's Najee Harris because he hasn't had one even yet in his career, that's ended in a touchdown. He's had long runs. None of them have ended in the end zone. I really want that for him. Yeah. But, because I think Najee Harris will be a dark horse Heisman contender next year. Um, wow. It, it's hard when two is on your team and he's that's, taking that's up all what the I mean, attention. But how can you say that when you've got another guy on the team who's probably going to be the Heisman favorite, even if he doesn't win it this year? Well, I mean, let me take you back to 2005. USC had quarterback and running back in the... Uh, mm. Heisman finalists. Mm. Are you comparing this team to 2005 USC? No, oh, this team's better than 2005 USC. I'd say so, too. I'd say so, too. We're, I mean, right. we're, we're going to get it. I'm telling you, by the end of October, we're going to be talking about this team the same way we were in 2014, probably even higher, when this this could potentially be, and I know I'm speaking in, in what a lot of uh, non-Alabama fans might hear is hyperbole, but this is very very perhaps the top top definitely top five in my mind perhaps maybe even the best college football team ever fielded wow 
Those are bold words. But I thought that in 20, uh, not 2014, 16. 2016. Yeah, yeah 16. sorry, I, said I was about to say, you didn't earlier. think Blake Sims was an all-time quarterback. <laughs> I've had 2016, but we, you know, we thought the same thing about 2016 when that was happening, especially to this yeah. point in the season when nobody could stop Lane Kiffin's offense. Hey, we predicted Jalen Hurst to win the Heisman last year. Oh, I did not. I predicted him to go to New York. Yeah, all right. All it's right. It's also completely uh, wrong. So what do you, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Um, 54-7. Wow. 40-something of those points are in the uh, first I'm gonna half. Go, I'm going to go 49. I'll give them 17. I think they get a couple touchdowns. Maybe one touchdown against the ones, and then a touchdown on the field goal against the twos or threes. I think this game is very similar to So I'll to go 49-17. Ole Miss and but Louisiana. Just win. I see it. Uh, just win. That's it. All right. Well, Brick, I, I do want to spend the last five or so minutes uh, asking you a question, sir, or a few questions. Fire away. We got to cherish this. Because this is, this is our last Alabama podcast. I want to ask you, from the time that we've started recording, so this is before the 2015 season, the national championship season with uh, Derrick Henry winning the Heisman, Jake Coker, all those guys, uh, till right now, I'm going to ask you three questions. I'm going to ask you, one, what has been your favorite moment since we started doing the podcast in Alabama football? See, that's... It feels like it's cheating to say second and 26. I mean, if that's your favorite moment, that's it. I mean, it's watch, not mine, but if it's yours, go for it. I mean, watching Alabama football the last two years, like I didn't think a national championship could top the 2015 one. Right. I mean, the way like that, because that was, that was a group of gangbusters. Alabama, that, that's the only underdog Alabama team I can remember. Yeah. Like, even by, by from the moment Alabama snuck into the playoffs last year, they were the favorite to win the national championship. That was not the case in 2015. That yeah, season sure. actually included the only game that Alabama has not been favored in since the 2009 SEC championship game. And how did that go for Georgia? It did not go well. Yeah, it was week three against Georgia after Alabama lost to Ole Miss uh, the week before. but Or maybe two weeks prior. But anyway... If uh, I'm being so, that's so it's it's second and twenty six. Yes, I just I think there's no there's no greater thrill than a walk off championship. I will say this: for me, I was sitting on your couch in Panama City Beach when Adam Griffith flicked a ball over the Clemson special teams unit into the awaiting bread basket of Marlon Humphrey. What a moment that was. That was probably my favorite moment. Now, favorite game, favorite play, favorite play is probably second and 26, but just favorite overall moment where I was in my life, where I was physically with you and Lane, the lovely Lane Berkman. Uh, Duncan was there. Alice was there. It was a wonderful time. That was probably my favorite moment since we started doing the podcast. Favorite play, definitely second and 26. But favorite moment, probably that onside kick. There we go. I like where this is heading, by the way. I like the way we're wrapping this up. Uh, your favorite off-the-field moment. <laughs> oh, man. Favorite off-the-field moment. Do you have one in mind? Because I'm going to have to give this some thought. I, I have a couple. I have a couple. Uh, one was Saban's speech after the Georgia game that we just talked about. The y'all had us dead and buried speech. Because uh, that's when everybody was like, oh, God. Oh, no. We pissed off Alabama. That's not good. So that one was pretty big. And then last year when uh, Terrell Lewis 
saw uh, Anthony Jennings, I think it was, after the national championship and just started crying. Do you remember that? Yeah. I do remember that. That, right, was, that. that was that was pretty special. I know that was technically on the field, but I mean, you know, not between the sidelines during a game. Uh, so that was pretty good. But there's a lot to choose from. Am I allowed to say Brandon Chicken? Brandon Chicken. You don't remember that? Tim Williams with the whole... I think he got caught with marijuana. This is a couple years ago, and then they asked whose it was, and he said Brandon... It, it, yeah, I mean, you'll have to look up the whole Brandon Chicken story. I do, I do remember this now. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. Joey Freshwater was fun. Joey Freshwater was good. Uh, that Oh, God. That was good. Uh, all the... Uh, unfortunately, we didn't win the national championship that year, but all of the J.K. Scott uh, videos that came out during the week of the 2016 championship when he was doing the Rubik's Cube... When he yeah. started breakdancing with everybody, that was good. Tony, Tony Brown saying he was the silverback gorilla. That's, That's a good up one. There. Uh, so those are all pretty good memories. Um, I, this is going to be the last thing that I'll ask you uh, to kind of sign off the podcast uh, for the Alabama episodes. Your favorite player since we started doing the podcast. All right. Favorite player since we've started. <laughs> yes. So that's that's 2015 to right now. I'm going to well, I mean it's going to have to be Tua. Wow. Probably him. Probably him and Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. I always really like Kenyon Drake. Obviously he's a dolphin now, but I like him. A dolphin. Yeah, he's, your, he's I, your you know, boy. He, I liked him before he was. And then okay, sorry. If I'm ranking them, well, I'm picking another Dolphin at this point, but even before, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick was huge. Yeah. He He's by far my bit. favorite offensive player. If it's if I got to go one offense, one defense, it's going to be Tua and Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, I like that. Can I go one on one offense, one defense? Yeah. yeah. One offense, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know I love the run game. Nobody ran it as hard as he did. Throwing homeboy from Michigan State down to the turf was impressive in and of itself during the playoffs uh, in 2015. Yeah, Calhoun, he was a, you know, an all <laughs> an all-American type player. Until he met Derrick Henry, he was. Right. Same then with defensive, Cook. I'm going to say it's a tie between Eddie Jackson and Cyrus Jones. I know you'd pick them because those are your boys. Uh, God, love them more. Than, you know I like a boy with a chip on his shoulder. I'm still a big Eddie Jackson fan, too. I like Eddie what, Jackson. and he's he's killing. It. He would have been a first round pick had he not broken his leg his senior year. Well, and is but he's the still Players killing Tribune it for the Bears right wrote, now. The Players Tribune article he wrote crushed me. I mean, I'd, I'd probably read that thing probably ten times. Yeah. since it came out. But that's it. That's it, man. For the Alabama episodes, that is it from now on. One episode a week of Pat's interference, uh, and it will be a national nationally covered episode. You and I will always be Alabama alumni, uh, fans, not even fans. I feel like fan is an insult to your wisdom, especially of their history and their culture. Uh, I, I will say we're Alabama observers, scholars, <laughs> examiners. I think uh, fanatic is just fine. Look, I'm okay with being called a fan. You know, we, we bleed crimson and you and I both know that, but for now we'll have to put that uh had to put that on the shelf you've got you've got bigger fish to fry 
and you've got a good old job waiting on you, and we don't want to do anything no. to make the good people at thirty three forty angry. No, so that's that's uh, true. I mean, I am I am I, people, my friends, my family, my coworkers all know that I'm an Alabama fan. But as far as sure. the airwaves are concerned, and this is nope. this is technically an airwave as of Monday, I can't. Nope, you're can't. wearing a a slate gray hat with no logos on it, my friend. <laughs> That's so, it. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Brick and I have always wanted to do this since we did graduate from Alabama, actually. Uh, and just the fact that you guys keep supporting us and keep listening, we really, really appreciate. You can find us on social media if you'd like. Uh, we're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. On Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. Uh, you can also find our website, which is back up and running. Thank you, Patrick Brittman. Uh, that's patsinterference.com. You can email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and write us a review. Let us know what you think on iTunes. Uh, we've got two reviews right now, which are both pretty good. I think five stars on iTunes, and then we got a couple of reviews on some other places. Um, but feel free to reach out. We're we're usually pretty good about answering. Uh, Twitter is where you can really find the most action from us. Uh, Facebook is pretty much bone dry at this point. It's just kind of for people to know that we're on Facebook. Uh, but we'll respond to anything you send us. So please feel free to send us something. Uh, and Brick, for one last time, my friend. Ooh, here we go. Most importantly. Most importantly. Roll, roll Tide. tide.